Hey, this is Sean. Thanks for tuning in to Wasted Knowledge. Uh, we've made it to episode two, and we've got more coming up. So please enjoy this next episode, and stay tuned for more. Always drink responsibly, and get a ride home if you need it. All right, Versa. everyone pretend you're sober. And go! Okay, no, so this is <laughs> this is an episode of Wasted Knowledge, since uh, who knows what order I'll publish things in, since this is kind of, kind of a crazy week. We're in day two of a three-day uh, 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 recording streak. I'm going to go ahead and call a it binge. Hell Week. A yes, binge? right. <laughs> the binge. Right. <laughs> Followed by the purge. Yeah. Uh, uh, so we have a guest with us today. Morning. They'll be going uh, by Pat. Uh, and 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 and, and uh, I'm excited because I think we all have different cocktails. Um, I'm I'm being very basic and drinking vodka diet. Cheers. Um, I I can't make fun of you. Right. I wish I had <laughs> you're something. Drinking deep Eddy lime juice and soda water. Yes. Is that what you're drinking? It's a deep Eddy grapefruit. Deep. It's a deep Eddy ruby red. It's my guilty pleasure. Nothing I wrong with that. Absolutely Summer. despise. I despise flavored vodkas. Okay. Except for this one. <laughs> Exception to every rule. The only other flavored vodka that I actually thoroughly enjoy is uh, St. George's Green Chili. I do like the way what? that I, I do like St. George's Green Chili as well. But outside of those two. It makes a really good butter. I usually don't even drink vodka at all, but I needed something tall, strong, and quick to kind of help me from <laughs> you and me both. yesterday. That's what she said. Yeah, nice. See, nice. we're on a podcast, it. but you can't tell what I'm standing right now. <laughs> So, Pat, I meet two of those. Um, I don't know what I'm drinking. I'm drinking something with gin, and it's delicious. It's got some sort of muddled um, heirloom tomato in there and a strawberry for my olfactory senses to um, enjoy as well. It's a lovely cocktail. And this is Hendrix, right? No, so it's actually. Who is this? Because this is delicious. I'm like, Fudge. I don't. Let me step out of the. It's a London dry. Yeah. And it doesn't have cucumber in it. Do, 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 I know. Do, do, do. This is why I'm really surprised that I'm really enjoying it quite as much as I am. This is why I told him when he asked me what I want to drink. I said, I like gin. Make me something. So actually, I, I, the whole bottle. I, 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 well, I picked up two new liquors today. <laughs> Hello. Uh, green Alls in London Dry Gin. Uh, so very, very light on the nose. But so like on your palate has like your normal dry gin juniper taste. Yeah. Um, which I thought, well, that's going to make a fantastic cocktail because you can really play, again, with your nose mm-hmm. and then have have what it is you want to taste. Um, and Lovely. then uh, I, I didn't turn the label around for the vodka, but it's actually a Georgia vodka that is wheat and grape-based. So you have, like, a little bit of a Ciroc yeah. kind of sense to it. Um, but it's a local vodka, and it's, it's nice. It's lovely. Uh, what are yeah. you guys drinking? So I know what you're drinking. This is... Uh, so this is that the grape vodka and and um, diet coke, diet coke and grape vodka. Well, no, well, so not it's, grape not like, it's not like grape flavor. It's, it's a grape so it's base. Like, it's the base. Yeah, I understand. So it yeah, it's like Givine. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've got young ice. lady. That is. <laughs> You're drinking that ice. That is also. That is also. Actually, that was the same thing. <laughs> I was diet drinking coke, a vodka yeah. diet. You know, danger juice. Well, cheers. Salute you guys. Right? I'm excited. Salute. Oh, Jesus. Oh. There we go. Get a yeah, I just don't want the glass to <laughs> shatter. Break. Yeah, you, you, you can't have that, another that shattered one, glass. Those two are crystal. Yeah. No more well, shattered glasses. So, Pat, uh, yes. Tell us a little bit about yeah, what, you. What, what do you do? do? 
What's your expertise? What do I say I do? Um, so I am a marketer, and that's a really big word. Um, so essentially really? what – no, I mean like it's a big world. I'm sorry. Oh, so, oh, oh. Um, What I do for a living right now is I'm a marketer. Uh, essentially uh, focus on marketing communications, coming up with the right message to the right audience at the right time and delivering that to them. So it goes everywhere from uh, deciding who our target audience is, coming up with the right message, how are you going to get that message to them in the various formats that you guys consume, content or advertising or public relations, what is that? So I developed that strategy as well, and then I actually find the right channel to get it to you. So is that on your phone? Is that at a trade show? Is that... Um, through some very special targeted advertising that follows you around? Is that in your mailbox? Is that your friend telling you something? All of these are different channels to get that message to the right audience, assuming you were my right audience. So um, <laughs> if that's sort of a high-level summary, and there are a lot of fancy words that right, go behind right. that that other marketers There's... use, but I really don't like industry jargon, so I'll try to refrain from that unless you would like me to... At, drop some industry jargon. <laughs> I always love industry jargon when it's appropriate just because I like to know what other people are talking, talking about, about and like right. what they mean when yeah. they say certain things. Well, um, people always think they that. know marketing um, because it's so – yeah, sure. Thank you. People, I think it's funny. Everyone has a good sense of marketing, They, um, but in terms of specializing in it, uh, it does require somebody who does it every day who, under, who does – work in that or study that every day so you guys do marketing for this podcast you guys will do marketing for your restaurants or for your um, public relations no matter really what your job is usually if you have a good marketing organization somebody like me is talking to you guys and like tell me more and trying to get that inspiration so you can get that right message that right thing that's going to resonate with a target audience I do find like from an outside perspective, just as a manager of a restaurant trying to get, like, I do find a lot of marketing people, like, sometimes it comes across, like, phony. Oh, yeah. Very phony. And I think sometimes it is. Yeah. I, so, I, to be honest, yeah. Like, and that's what, yeah, so, like, you currently, you work for, like, a firm? I No, I work for a company. I work for a large um, technology manufacturing Okay, uh, so you do marketing for one company? Yes, at the moment. I've okay. done it on the uh, I've done it on the agency side, mm -hmm. agency versus client side. Um, this particular part of marketing, I mean, marketing is a very large world, and it, there are people who specialize in email marketing. Right. There are people who specialize in that social media or something or PR. Um, I manage the entire uh, strategy of putting that all together in a consistent, hopefully if I do my job, right? Well, no, <laughs> consistent I think, I think that's, I, I find that yeah. much more interesting because uh, as a, I, I've always told people, like, as a bartender and server by trade, like, I feel like I, I'm a salesman. Sure. But my biggest thing is that, like, I told people I can sell anything in the past as long as I believe in it. Mm. You know, like, I still have to believe in it myself. Got like, it. Like, it's hard to sell something that I don't think is quality yeah or i don't think it's good so i feel there. like working for a company mm -hmm. i like that i feel like working for a company is kind of a cool way 
to like you know everything about that product or everything about their product. So you're gonna find yeah, yeah you're yeah. gonna find instead of being an agency yeah where you just you have multiple 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 clients from different things like. What do you think yeah. there's a big difference there? I think there's a big huge difference. Um, there's a big difference to be on the client services side in an agency um, versus being on the client side um, in a lot of ways, obviously, right? It's like the difference between being behind a bar or in front of the bar, yeah. right? So um, it depends, I think, on what you're looking for. Um, somebody like me, I definitely I was brought into um, – push this particular organization that had been around that's been around for over 100 years um, push them to do things specifically with marketing that they are not good at um, and it's because I've been on the agency side and what I mean to by that is with an agency you don't get the the breadth or, or rather the depth um, of the particular product or the services or the products that you market, but you do get a huge breadth of different ways and strategies um, and things that work. So, And you get to try a lot of things. Uh, whereas with on the client side or, or at a company in terms of marketing, you you have... I'm, think, I'm fortunate now, I, the company where I'm at now, they're a little bit more... Um, able and willing to try new things, but an agency, you, I mean, you can't replicate that um, at a company. You have five or six clients, and they all need different things, regardless of where they are in their maturity cycle or, or what they're actually hired you to do, whatever that looks like. So you're doing so many different types of marketing. You're working on so many different strategies and so many different um, methodologies and you're learning so much. You get to work with all these different types of technologies. MarTech is huge. Marketing technology, huge. Um, really critical to if you're successful as a marketer these days. And you you get so much more of that. So for somebody like me who really likes working and really likes building up this knowledge base and for a while that's what I did because I worked on the other side where I did have a lot of different clients. So I was doing all these random things, it's it's a little bit more limiting, even though I do, to your point, get a really good deep dive on strategy, on product, on technology, which is great. And so I can do this stuff. I, I can come up with marketing plans now or strategies or uh, help my team get there without having to do the same level of pre-work and research right. that you have to do with every single client, every single project when you're on the agency's client services side of things. So it's it's they're good and bad to each, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's I guess very long-winded answer. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, no, I love it, though. I love it because, like you said, everything's got its pros and its cons. Yeah. So you, got, you just kind of talk both sides. Mm -hmm. How'd you get started in marketing? Oh, my God. You want me to go there? Just okay. Like, okay, I'll what? try to keep it high level. Yeah. Because um, I can talk a lot. Uh, maybe that's a deep dive. Yeah. Throwing out jargon anyway. No, no. Um, how did I get started? So I got started in marketing when I was an undergrad. Um, I did, I was, um, had a bunch of um, internships for economic, different economic research firms. I had, did my undergrad, my BS in. Um, economics, and I worked, did some economic research. Great, cool. Well, that's super fun, crunching a bunch of numbers, calling up a bunch of people. 
But all of that research ended up going into a report, and that's why I was brought in as an intern, was to take this research, help them take the research and build a report around that. Okay, cool, a report. But now you have to get that report out to an audience so that way you can get more funding because these were nonprofits. Um, So... I helped them on the economic research side of things, crunching a bunch of numbers, then putting the report together, working with these teams at these different companies, and then actually marketing the report to the right audience with the right message. And I really found that that was really exciting. Like, the other stuff I could do. I was like, yeah, okay, I can do regression analysis, and I can do the strategic, blah, blah, blah. But it was what I thought was really fun and exciting was the actual taking something and trying to get it in front of somebody to get them to behave in a certain way, right? Uh, that's exactly what you're trying. You're trying to get people to do stuff. It's, so we I mean, wanted to get people to do stuff it's after reading ma- it. Ma- manipulation. But that has such a negative connotation. It does. Manipulation in general has a negative connotation, but but it's not a bad word. But it's not. It's just you want people to behave in a certain way, and so you pull certain levers to hopefully encourage them to do it, right? That is the ultimate test of any anybody when you think about it any relationship you have whether your relationship with with your dog or your husband and wife or your customers you want them to do something so you're going to do a series of actions to get them to do something so that's what i found really fascinating so i went to work for um a small consulting firm when i out in la um and the ceo was a big marketer and i i worked with him to market that firm to Fortune 50 companies, C-suites, oh, wow. C-suite Fortune 50. So we were, you know, I'm sitting there, you know, 23 in a boardroom of GE and at, on the NASDAQ floor with the CEO, they're doing these different uh, events, the uh, marketing events in that particular case. But, uh, and I, again, I, I realized working through that process, I needed an MBA being at that level. Uh, So I went and got an MBA focused on strategy and marketing. And they always say, everybody I know actually who did this MBA, they they divert, they they come in with a very specific goal. I want to be in finance or I want to do these things. Uh, And then they get to an MBA and you learn so many things and it's, you know, your eyes are open. You're like, I want to do all these things. And then they come back to figuring out either they're going to do exactly what they thought they wanted to do or they're going to completely change direction. Uh, the whole time I was in my MBA, it was like, no, that's all really interesting. I really like marketing. Um, so I came back from my MBA and two years did freelance for various marketing and PR and agencies, uh, advertising agencies, and then finally got around to um, doing some freelance work for this weird company. And they brought me out to Atlanta and said, hey, you want to try starting this new vertical marketing role and start us getting into the new millennium with with what we need to do? And I was like, sure, let's do that. So that's how I got here. You said, you said brought them into the new millennium. <laughs> Were they really behind? Really behind, yeah. Oh, so this company has been around for over 100 years. They had a very specific, really well, I mean, um, their sales channels do very well, but they're very archaic. Uh, the industry, I don't mind saying it's because the construction industry is very old school. It's mm. very, uh, you know, marketing right now is so digital and all the cool things, beep bop boops, right? But uh, in this particular case, our audience is not into 
uh, social media marketing, right. right? So my social media marketing skills out the window. Um, so it was, but it, but there are strat, there are nuggets that come out of those things that then you can apply to even the same audience and start growing our audience, not just towards who we are traditionally sold to, but who <laughs> who we have not traditionally sold to because we're selling such a different type of technology. Sure. So I mean, because it's. I, I assume like what you had to what you had to pull from your digital social media experience that you can't directly apply, but you still have a lot of I guess, human interest and human behavior that people still people behave the, the same way. way. Yeah. yeah, people behave the way they behave. I'm obsessed with that. So how people behave and then how you can manipulate them. To right. Yes, to I love. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say I've done that as a bartender. Social manipulation, like you said, it has a very negative connotation. Everybody does, but it's, though. But it's life. It's right. how you get There's to nothing where, wrong with it. No, and it's, it's, and it's, <laughs> as soon as you accept it, like, yeah. now you can be, social manipulation nefarious. can be negative. Yes, and you can absolutely. be nefarious. Yeah. 100%. But that it's not necessarily that, like, convincing somebody to do something that they don't normally do or they wouldn't normally do isn't necessarily a negative thing. It could be a very, very positive thing. And yeah. sometimes words, direct a direct approach is never. So in a lot of ways, a direct approach is just not ever going to work. So like you said, you, you do a couple of other actions, offer yeah. a couple other things, and all of a sudden this person's like, well, maybe, yeah. maybe I will try that. Yeah. Or maybe they think it's their idea to yeah. do it. I just had this conversation with this, uh, I go backpacking with this lady, and she's like, it just freaks me out um, that I'll look at a pair of shoes on Amazon, and then a day later I'm searching the internet, and here comes that exact pair of shoes like yeah but you were interested in them i'm like have you ever bought uh, that pair of shoes like did you were you like have you ever been in that situation you're like gosh i do i do really like that pair of shoes maybe maybe i'll go click on that yeah and like don't say you haven't because you have there's a reason oh 100 that people do so this is what again this is where (laughs) i love this about marketing right i always say if you're not measuring you're not marketing and i don't say that but I, i i pretend that it's my saying it's not somebody else's saying um, but own it. But I'm totally going to take it and say it's mine. No, if you're, but things like that won't continue to happen if they don't work. This is, especially in the digital age, yeah. if, if everybody is like you and is like, I don't like this, you'll never, you won't see it in, in a few, like in a year. Like things happen so fast, right? The reason you continue to see it is because it works, because actually it turns out people, there's a significant amount. Mem- portion of the of a society who likes to have that sort of personalized quote unquote experience one of my favorite pranks <laughs> of all time <laughs> my favorite pranks of oh, all no. time was using this like basically like machine learning and pop and, and pop up kind of all these shopping ads that you see all the time mm-hmm. somebody went on to my former manager's work computer and looked up on Amazon, Yahoo, Google, yep. and every, like every everything he could oh, no. looked up the Great American Challenge. Oh, okay, this is okay. The Great American Challenge sounds, it was something you couldn't really get in trouble for. It, sounds it good sounds very, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it sounds uh, innocent enough. Yeah. It is not. The Great American Challenge is a ridiculously oversized purple dildo. 
Jeez. Oh, no. <laughs> Hold on, let me look that up. It's like three <laughs> feet this is, this is tall. Revenge. Oh, it's like God. three feet tall or something. <laughs> and he looked it up on every single shopping app he could yes. find. And every search engine. And he clicked on it. And then he... This is a good prank. And then he just went away like it never happened. Mm-hmm. And then for like the next six weeks, any website my manager visited at work would have ads mm-hmm. for vibrators yeah. and dildos and giant purple dildos specifically. This must be you're what you're looking, into, yeah, right? Clearly. Yeah. Clearly. Like, you were yeah. trying to you, you were you were shopping for the best price. We're trying were, to give it to you. You were real interested in this like two weeks ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? My phrasing for this and we're it, trying it, to give it crack to you. me up because he actually like called IT. Oh really? Yeah. And my buddy my buddy cracked clearly. and like yeah. just told him but and he cleared his cash, and he yeah. did all the cookies, the cookies and all this and stuff. Cleared and, it all, and... and but it was still amazing. It was like two weeks of just. It's a good prank. Yeah. It was one of the best. I hope ever. the kids are taking notes. That's yeah, a good, yeah. Even still, that's a good prank. Yeah, yeah. I, I think like it. it. And, I, and like I said, it's it's sly and the long game. The too. long game. Yeah, you know, exactly. it's not like a it's not like a pie in the face. It's like a why does this keep happening to me? It's like a pie in the face every time you click right. on the Just internet. It's like little drops of pie. <laughs> and I like it because there's got to be some progression or algorithm in the background of, like, did you want to get the Great American Challenge? No? Did you want to get a different dildo? Were you were you interested in something like a dildo? Yeah. And yeah. you can see, like, yeah. shifting over time. Right. Are you yeah. sure? Maybe that wasn't the right one. Maybe you want a red one. Right. Yeah. No, there are. There absolutely are. There's, there's the red, white, and blue three-pack. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you're very familiar with this. <laughs> we, no, no, I no judgment. I no judgment. Right. You can only make fun of yourself. You, if you make fun of anyone who isn't you, especially with about your ethnicity, mm-hmm. then you're a dick. You well, become well, no. You become like a racist, I, right? Well, right. Unless. Oh. This has always been my rule. They're okay. Canadian. No. <laughs> yes. My wife's Canadian. That'll get me in a lot of trouble. Um, okay, unless so you, yeah, so you, you get a free already pass. already married her. You're in unless trouble. Unless you make fun of everybody equally. Mm. Well, you, you think that. That's, and that's what comedians you know what do. Else? They yeah, that shit. Right. And, well, know, well, they say there's only two groups you can make fun of, Nazis and Canadians. Yeah. I mean, that's Canadians, have you met them? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I love Canadians. I literally love Canadians. No, literally. Literally. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. So, uh, if if we'd like to play a game, it would be somewhat like Russian roulette and or three card Monty, in which there are three glasses. In which there are no winners. Well, there are two winners, and one that's like, well, I'm slightly more drunk, but I kind of hate myself, and if I could, I'd slap the inside of my throat. Um, I don't like this. Okay. So. You have the best odds in that there are three glasses. Two of them will have a fantastic single malt Irish whiskey, and one of them will have Jepson's Malort. Not a fantastic Irish whiskey? I don't drink um, whiskey. So, so Malort is, is essentially uh, an Amaro. Um, Made in Chicago. None of these things like, mean anything to me. So uh, an Amaro is a, is a bitter liquor. Okay. Still uh, okay with so, bitter. So, so it's very herbal, very dry. You okay. ever had you actually the most popular right now, Fernet? Nope. No, uh, no nope. Fernet. Okay. It's an um, industry thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's. Yeah, you got to talk, talk to me like I'm like yeah, no, I, I don't drink. I drink. So Jensen's is, is made solely with wormwood. Okay, sounds delicious. Uh, so this yeah, might, it's amazing. 
<laughs> so they actually, one in, roughly one in thirty people like like enjoy Malort, and okay. I've met people that are like, oh my god, I need more of this in my life. Because it's a very unique acquired taste. Yeah. It sounds like okay, yeah, you have to very like niche. dry, lingering herbal bitter. I like all of so the way you're describing it is like I think I like this thing. Well, I feel well, like this should be I feel like the TCR I might leave. So <laughs> I yeah, like all alcohol. The, uh, the liquor, idea though. would be you get to pick one of the three glasses, and then okay. it's up. Between TC and I to be like, uh, let's grab this one, and then then we all okay. drink at the same time. Okay, I like it. Let's do it. And, and if you don't get the Malort, you can try some. Okay. All right. I, I want to try it now it's, because I feel like the which, way you're describing it is the way I'd be like, yes, tell me more. I, I really want to try this. I got our now. James Beard award-winning executive chef to try it, and he looked at me and said one of the most insulting things I've ever heard as a bartender, which was, I don't trust your palate anymore. Oh. And then he walked away. Because you then, said it was bad furious. and he liked and it, then, or vice versa? Oh, no, no, no. I, he, I, I, he, I described it as this artisanal liquor that has this, this uh, wormwood in it and blah, 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 yeah. and, which is all true. All true. But it's also very harsh. Okay, I see what you're saying. Um, so you're not describing it super well. You're the, describing it like a marketer would describe yes, it. Then. Exactly. Because well, yes. I've been in retail and then bartending out of that forever. <laughs> because he is, he's missing... The key point. The key point. Which the is? The key point is that you don't sell disgusting. for more than a dollar. <laughs> That's it's what I'm gathering because the way you're describing it. It is purposely. It is become, It has become a like cult. Fo- it has a cult following for how disgusting it is. Like, I would like to say this is the three-person version of, of the scene in The Princess Bride where they're trying to pick the drink with the poison in it. Yes. And, and you've developed you've developed an immunity. More or less, yes. I have, I have taken the Iocane powder... Mm-hmm. Many times. Okay, I'm so in love right now that we are quoting Princess Bride. <laughs> yeah. I can quote this movie forwards and backwards. Never been on I'm loving where, where we are going right now. So I'm uh, loving this whole challenge. Pat, okay. please pick your poison. Social manipulation. He knows which one you're going to pick already. If I pick, clearly can't pick the one in front of you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but you knew I was going to think that. So I clearly cannot pick the one in front of me. Therefore, I must pick the one in between. But did he know that already? Because you knew. Oh. You you're, you're allowed to change your mind. I don't care. No, it's cool. Um, mm. All right. I you smelled it. Salud. Salud. Uh-huh. I got fucked on that one. <laughs> or did you? Or did you? <laughs> it's delicious. It's lovely. Oh, that's terrible. Oh, did you finally just try it? <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, get that See, away from well, me. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Hold on. You smell so, it. So that finish. The that finish, finish is, is very is, specific, isn't it? It's very, I get it. If you and don't sip aroma? anything else, the, it'll, it'll The aroma's last. awful. Um, I love the aroma. Oh, I can't do the aroma. I now need this strawberry. Thank you for bringing me the strawberry because that it, taste. Nothing, right. Nothing's going to get rid of that astringency but, for like a half hour. No, uh, 15 minutes at least. <laughs> so that, that's that's what I loved about that, like for a cocktail component. Because it's very, it has a very distinct flavor, which mm-hmm. is really important. It has personality. Well, I mean, so. You how, may not like the personality, but it's got right, it. Right. <laughs> have you drinking, have you drink absinthe before? Yes. Okay. So, mm. his cocktail was essentially just mm-hmm. a riff on a Sazerac, mm-hmm. a really good riff on a Sazerac, but he replaced everything, Everything, but the Malort took the absinthe's place. So, it, when you put those two side by side, 
You played you, up the bitterness, yeah, essentially, yeah, yeah, yeah. which absinthe has that so black licorice out. And it's sweet. That beautiful. Yeah. But yeah. it has that really strong herbal component. And that herbaceousness. So I took so. the Somebody, There's something for everyone. And so rye, we use bourbon, because bourbon's sweeter and has vanilla. And we use vanilla cherry bark bitters, which has Same. the vanilla, but also the herbal component, and is not sweet. And so it, it was basically just kind of effing around with the ratios, which yeah. is what you do when you create cocktails. cocktails. That's yeah. exactly right. The the ratios, that's exactly right. This, right. Yeah. Well, yeah, you it's don't reinvent ratio. the cocktail anymore. Few people can. But for the most part, you don't reinvent the cocktail anymore. No, yeah, no, but you like just any make better ones, which is what a, I do. There is a world, but in, in, you know, there is a world in a box, like constraints, like, right? Constraints are what um, drive creativity. There's oh, yeah. some, a lot of around that. So it's like, okay, I can't do things outside the box, but there is an infinite amount of things I can do within the box. <laughs> this idea of, like, think outside the box. I can show you the world. Oh, my God. Yeah. I was about to sing that, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I kind of felt like that's where we were going, which is no, weird. No, no, we're not going into no. the karaoke. Well, no, because I think we can only do a few <laughs> seconds before, like, copyright laws come yeah. in. Well, I mean, and beyond that, no, 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 no. But no. if you sing off-key, is yeah, it yeah, real? It, it, I it, can copy? show you the world. And it's fair use. It's fair use. No, we right. don't need Well, no, we, we don't know need But beyond that, I don't, <laughs> I don't condone recording of any Disney karaoke because I don't want anybody to know how much I know <gasps> of Disney songs. So. Oh. I'm in the right room. I'm in the right room right now. I I can do it all. Yeah, all Mm. of the Disney. I was literally, never mind, I'm not doing it right now. Right? I got a lovely bunch of coconuts. Indeed. Here they are, standing in a row. Big one, smaller one, some as big as your head. Oh, if only we're here. (laughs) I I assume if we say his name, then we're going to get fucked. Whatever, you can always say Mufasa. Always say Mufasa. Don't say that name. (laughs) All right. Back on track. Back on Somewhat. track. Do you guys have water? No. I am now done, no. which I'm really, I have had two when now. When you say done, you're done done? Or you would like more, but you would like water? I would like some water, would you I like, would probably like some more because I make bad like, decisions yes, when I drink. Yes, that's what this is all about. Oh, yeah, there sucks. It's Thank really, you. Really that's really what, sucks. It's literally what I was oh, quoting. Oh, sucks. Of course it's you were. literally what I was just quoting. Yeah, I am totally in the right room. <laughs> uh, Princess Bride, Waterboy, oh, Disney. Oh, the taste I poured you. I'm like, why is there more Malort in this glass? <laughs> I still stand by I hate vodka-based cocktails. There's just Vodka just doesn't add anything to anything. Vodka is just a... I mean, I drink it, but... but you know, I mean, it's there. It's on the bottom and, of the list. And, Let's put it that way. Yeah. I'm not kicking it out of bed for eating crackers, but it's not my first choice. Fucking crackers in bed is a fucking crime. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know that there's, like, cracker porn. Like, right, you know, there's just got to be, like, Rule porn out there. Right? Like, what, of, like, like, where like you, people are just, Nabisco. Just people who are just have just getting it on in a bed full of, like, cracker dust. Is it going like, to be, like, gotta, is it, like, yeah. salt? <laughs> is it right? saltines? I don't like that. Is like it saltines yeah. or is it, like, Yeah, Ritz? no, um, it depends, right? Because Ritz have, like, no. the, the, no. Stoned wheat thins. Whoa, you're a monster. First, and it's got oil, so it's just gonna fuck up the sheets too. Same with say, you got to do the saltines because the saltines don't have the oil, but the Ritz and the Triscuits do. I don't want to say the obvious. You put a lot of thought into this. No, no, this is how my brain works. No, 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 no. no. (laughs) On the edge, where I gotta be. Thirty-four. Have you ever? Have you ever tried to talk Mm -hmm. after Mm -hmm. eating a packet of saltines? Yeah, that shit dries you out. Why would you want that in your bed? No. No, you Same want to Because you're sweating. Re- you're same, doing it, right? same 
reason people have sex on the beach. It's the worst thing. It's ever. the worst people thing. People don't have sex on the beach. They start and go, oh, shit, that's like sandpaper. <laughs> Literally sand. Yeah, all the in paper. the places just, I don't want that. Oh, my God. Why did I think this would be sexy? Fuck you, notebook. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we say that I say that at least once a day. <laughs> I mean, I made more money beef. now, and I have better toys. Yes, of course I grow. Yes. Oh, sorry. Oh my wow. god! Wow, we are on it. Great American challenge all over again. <laughs> now you, you realize. You mentioned it, so yeah. I'm gonna have to find this thing and just like randomly like, give it to you, like have it delivered please, to your home. It'll it'll give it to in this place. And it'll it'll say list. on there. I wonder if just, you could do that. If you could just put on there. Wait, how long is it? It was like I, I don't three recall. Feet? Or is it like actually three? So, so I'm I have pretty a, sure it stood these. three feet tall. I know I've seen these where on people's I have, um, I have tables a horizontal weapon rack where they right? just put like that you can yeah. put swords and shit. So it's thirty-two inches. So if it's you actually got that thing over there. No, there's one in, one in the other room in the I don't, workshop. I think the weight of it would just crash your weapon rack anyway. Mm, no, it wouldn't. That's it's a pretty stiff rack. But I'm bum. I see. You know what made that um, so bad it was, was so like good. the stiff. No, no, no. It wasn't rack. the stiff. It the was stiff the rack. Like I the saw it coming, just because of your facial expression before you said it. Like you're like, oh, this is it. <laughs> this is my moment. <laughs> I've been waiting for this rack. joke for two years like, now. You, you saw the <laughs> opening and just everything <laughs> shined on you, and you were like. I did it. We it's didn't have a that moment. Stiff rack. Like I think, I, like everything, like became slow mo, and insane. there were it doves really flying out. Right. I mean, it was very John Woo. Like <sighs> you're like stiff rack. It was amazing. John yeah. Woo. I love John Woo. Face off was amazing. Oh my god, so bad it's good. <laughs> Face <laughs> off. Face off. In the dump, and the kid crawling through the gunfights. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Doves, like there are no, there are not that many doves in the world, let alone on a fucking. Oh, anyway. Thank you, John Woo. Thank you, John Woo. I might watch that movie like very, very soon. Uh, yeah. Or, the day I had to get rid of my drum set was a very, very sad day. It sounds like you probably changed your entire life. Like you probably went from like. It was this the day I got rid of my tongue cool ring. Punk. Yeah. Super it was the cool day I got rid of my rebel. nose ring. It was. And then the you became some like. Corporate. Corporate. <laughs> yeah. Suit wearing. Pant. Oh, pants. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Like, I mean, I'm not like you know a baby set. boomer, but um, it's yeah. The, it's all the drum set's fault. The drum set really was like, oh, that was a hard one. It was a, it was definitely like, when I became a man, I put away childish things. It was definitely that. Yeah. Not I, near I just dropped a biblical reference on you. Um, but it really was that. It was it was that moment where I was like, and we're done here. It was when I went in consulting. Whenever I, I go to last. conferences, I love one like of my minutes. one of my favorite <laughs> things about conferences is that I because you don't get to like sit around at work and geek out on marketing, even with my team who are other marketers or my peers who are other marketers. Like, you don't get to, like, geek out on this stuff. You don't get... No one else gives a shit about what you fucking do, right? Oh, this is great. Like, you just want to... So when you go to conferences, you just sit there and you geek out on, like, all the marketing shit you love to do and you know, and you're like, yay, let's geek out on... Mar and I think that's the way for a lot of professions. Yes. Like, I want to geek out <laughs> with other people who so, understand what I'm doing. And it's it so rare I get to do that. So when I say I, I... I was, like, one of the reasons, I'm like... 
sort of selfish. Like, I don't get to talk about what I love to do. I love doing what I'm doing. So I'm, I'm excited to do this podcast. Break yes, everything please. up right now. Please. Can explain it to me? I am a Another restaurant man? manager. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go for it. I deal with males and females with the maturity level of a five-year-old to about a 17-year-old. That's what I deal with as a restaurant. And where manager. do you fall in there? You're Me? Like 12. I'm like 18. That's why I rule everybody. <laughs> but just barely. But just like exactly. barely by the But that's why I'm a manager. Right. So, beyond all that, I quite literally got caught out for mansplaining mm-hmm. by a server okay. who, in all honesty, is like my subservient in the whole. Hierarchy of the restaurant. In a proper hierarchy, yes. But when they said I was mansplaining, Hmm. I I honestly, one, did not know what they really meant, and two, was extremely offended. Mm. (laughs) I find myself as obviously the guy who I tried to have explained mansplaining is a very aware person of other people's gender where they come from, what they do. Like, I just, I care about other people. I don't think I'm better just because I'm better. But I feel like your description, like, I still honestly don't know. Like, what can I do to explain something as a man mm. to not mansplain? Mm. Okay. So the the possibly effeminate Pat is going to let us know from the effeminate side. Uh, I don't. I do not represent the entire no, uh, fifty-two, fifty-one percent of all of um, of population. See, I, I, but no, from no. what I see, as, and as my feminist white males comes out. Minority? Um, yes. So mansplain. So I, I'll go back to, and I'm sure that there is a definition on Wikipedia, and I recommend everyone look that up. Whatever. <laughs> Wikipedia, come on. I don't fucking know. Um, Mansplaining is when a man tries to tell you something either you already know or they tell you something that maybe you don't know, but in a way that is degrading like you are a two-year-old, like you should know. So it's insulting either way, right? That's my my experience. Anything anything else, I'm like, okay, yeah, you're telling me something I don't know. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't care if you're a man or a woman. You're telling me something I don't know. I'm, I'm wanting to learn. When I say somebody's mansplaining something, it's either something I already know, and it's obvious. <laughs> like a man trying to tell me about a pap smear. Right, right. Really? You're going to tell me <laughs> about a pap smear? Go for it, right? Um, it's insulting either way, right? So it's either that or the way they explain it is like, this is how. It, they, they do it in a way that is, is insulting and degrading. So... There's that. The other thing that re- I think is really interesting about your experience, and I find this a lot, um, and, and I can say this because, you know how you can, like, say things about race when, like, you're that race? Yes. Go so, ahead. like, I'm super white. I just have a, you know, have a really good dash. Um, so I can say all sorts of shit, and people are like, I don't know if you can say that or not because I don't know what kind of brown you Yo, are. Yeah, I love it. You're like, you're never going to know. Okay. Um, But I find this a lot, at least within my own family, a bunch of white males. Um, And this is the point, right? This is one of the big points of feminism uh, and of race relations in general when it comes to white men. You're right. 
you don't know. No, 100%. Because, and, there, and to me, I think that's it's like... An that's ignorance an ignorance that, of sin. And I don't think that's necessarily... That's not a... It sounds that's not bad. your fault. No, like 100%. how can we expe- how can we expect a fish to climb a tree? Like how can I expect a white man to understand what it's like to be a black woman? You know, like I can't, right? So the only thing you can do is try to go. Okay, I I hear you. I'm I try to understand like at least where you're coming from, and I'm going to try to see that this could be potentially hurtful and try to have my peers not do that. Call my peers out on these bad things. So if somebody, but here's the problem, right? This, like, I found this way a lot with sexual harassment as well. Um, My definition of sexual harassment is very different than somebody who may sit next to me in the cube next to me sexual harassment, right? It's a very, it seems like a very personal thing and I'm sure all the lawyers are like, no, it's a very specific thing. Yes, okay, sure. But if you can prove a point, my my case might be different than the you know the cube next to me. It's a very so mansplaining, sexual harassment, these things. It's very personal, and I can't, I can't imagine what it is like to be a white man right now <laughs> trying to walk that tightrope. And I will right, say, what? hate to bring this back to where I am. One of my biggest fears about being coming to the South, Georgia. Was that? It was a really big thing. As somebody who is not religious, as somebody who's not who is of color, but not a color that they are used to, you know, all these things. I was really concerned about it. I gotta say, not at all a concern. It Uh, is like everywhere, everywhere. I I get a lot of like kind of brown. You step out of you step out of it. But that's it. But I think I got into marketing when I was growing up as a Mormon. And I got your attention. Because <laughs> here's why. Mormons are really good at ex- having a very consistent message. doesn't matter if you, in, you are in Sao Paulo or you are in Georgia or the state or Georgia, the country. You all know what it means to be a Mormon. And that's like a fundamental part of marketing is what it means to be this brand, this product to this particular audience. So if you would go up to any good Mormon, not a Jackmo, but a good Mormon, <laughs> you know what a Jackmo is. Wow. Uh, if you go up to any good Mormon, I mean, and by good Mormon, I mean somebody who's been like to church for a decent amount of time. They can explain the 13 articles of faith. So that and the reason and they teach you that by the time you're eight, in order to be baptized into the Mormon church, you have to be able to recite all 13 articles of faith. And these are the tenets in marketing language. These are what the L, the Mormon LDS brand, what those brand promises are. So these are 13 things that. Mormons believe. So that way, when you're eight and you're a little, you're taught, when that friend comes up to you and like, what do you guys believe anyway? You can say, well, we believe this, we believe this, we believe, and all 13 of those things. And you can say them verbatim. And, you, and that verbatim is from Sao Paulo, like I said, to L.A., to Hong Kong. It doesn't matter. If you are a Mormon, this is what you are. And that's like a fundamental like part of what marketing is, is understanding who you, what your product is and what your brand is to a particular audience and then being able to explain that in a variety of mediums, whether that's in a social media post or a white paper or 
um, an infographic or a video game that promotes your product or your service or your brand. It all says the same 13 articles of faith in a different way, in a different mm-hmm. language. But what I do anyway, um, that, yeah, you're right. You do need some emails, but you need way more than that. It's so much more, which is why you specialize in these things, right? Mm-hmm. So that way the founder doesn't have to worry about that. Um, so when I finally got into it, it I and understood what it was, it did feel familiar. And I think also it felt like I understood what they were doing and why and the power it had. Because I had seen it work as from growing up, right? Having mm-hmm. people who believed in souls, who believed in an afterlife, give that to this organization, right? Right. And, oh, my God, they're going to give – literally, if you believe in that stuff, that is, there's nothing more important than your soul. And this, these certain te- – these ideas, these concepts got people to give up their most important thing to you. So I mean, that's that might am- count on their survival. Amazing, right? And else. so the more I learned about marketing, the more I see it work, definitely there are more – correlation is like, oh my God, not only do I understand what this religion was doing, mm-hmm. good, I mean, really good on them, if you believe that's the way to, I mean, really, I don't think it's bad at all. I'm like, because no. to me, I don't think it actually matters either. Way, cause I'm like, yeah, so I don't In care the end, what you believe. You. But it was also like, oh, well, now, because I, I understand what's happening, I know really specific tactics of how mm-hmm. to do it. Right, so because I know the thirty-five thousand foot level, I can get down to the two centimeter level right. because of that experience. I think that's absolutely right. Yes, yeah, I think you guys just cut that out. <laughs> I think we did get into Disney karaoke, like and I think like, you guys cut, cut that out. out. That's I like okay. how this is a really liberties, way of saying, liberties Sean, that we're being Make taken. sure you cut out that other stuff, just so it sounds awkward enough that we get to this point. <laughs> I'm not saying I know how to manipulate you to do things that I want you to do. But that's kind of what the whole point of this podcast is. <laughs> I would was just like to establish that I understood that, that I enjoyed that, and I'm still going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> because that's good marketing. Yes. Champion. You that's all you we all know what we're doing. How many times have you been like manipulate you're like, I know what you're doing. You're trying to manipulate me. I mean yeah. I'm gonna do it anyway, right. but I know what I you're mean, doing. You're please. not being clever. Alright, so see? ain't nothing wrong. I was a belly dancer. <laughs> I was a belly dancer. <laughs> Can you please end it like that? You yes, mansplaining yes. son and of a we're bitch. Done. This I is was done. a belly dancer? Can you please just end this this episode with that? Because that would be Amazing. I yes. <laughs> I will cut it there. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of Wasted Knowledge. My name is Sean. TC sends his best. We'll have another episode out in about two weeks, just in time for Dragon Con 2018 here in Atlanta, Georgia. You can always find us on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, on Twitter at Wasted K Podcast, and on our website, wasted-knowledge.blurberry.net. Until next time, my name is Sean. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>